Hello, this is Daniel Hines, the writer-creator of Stories Podcast. This episode, The President's New Suit, is an episode from earlier this year. In light of everything that's been going on around the election and the candidates, we're re-releasing the episode, and we hope that you take advantage of it to spark conversation with your children about the qualities we look for in a leader and our responsibility as voters in selecting someone to represent our country and ourselves on the world stage. Thanks for listening. The President's New Suit A few years ago, in a country very close to home, we won't say which one, there was a president who loved new suits so much that he spent all of his money on being well-dressed. He didn't care about the army, he didn't care about the economy or his approval rating. All that he cared about was showing off his new suits. In fact, he spent so much time being measured and fitted and dressed that instead of saying the president's in a meeting like a normal country, his assistants would have to say the president's in his dressing room. The president lived in the capital city, of course, and it was a very busy city indeed. All manner of craftsmen and artists came through the town, but the town also drew its fair number of swindlers. The title of swindler comes from the word swindle, which means to trick someone out of their money or things. So, as you can imagine, swindlers had to move around an awful lot to avoid getting caught, and big cities made big targets. Two swindlers in particular were very interested in the capital and very, very interested in the president. When they heard of his love for fine suits, they started spreading a lie that they were tailors who had a -a one-of-a-kind, miraculous new fabric. Not only was it the softest and finest fabric in the world, they said, but it was magic. How was it magic? People would ask. Well, the swindlers would say slyly, if you aren't fit for your job, the fabric is completely invisible. Of course, that wasn't true. But as you'll soon see, it was a very clever lie. When the president heard of the two tailors with the magic fabric, he knew it would be just the thing for his next suit. In fact, he believed the lie so completely he thought it would be a great test for all of the people who worked for him. You see, the president reasoned that if he was wearing the magic suit and the person couldn't see it, they were clearly unfit for their job. The president called for the tailors immediately and had them brought to his office. When he asked how much it would cost for a suit of the fine magic material, they quoted him a very high number, expecting him to try and negotiate. But the president was so in love with fashion and so very bad at his job that he agreed at once. The two swindlers set up shop right there in the president's dressing room and began to sew. Or at least, they pretended to. Of course, there was nothing there, but they pretended all the same. And this is where the genius of their plan becomes clear. The president, interested in how the work was coming, sent his assistant to check on the tailors. The assistant peeked in and saw the two tailors busy at work, but he couldn't see the magic fabric. Oh, no, he thought. I must be unfit for my job. The president must never find out. So when he returned to the president to give his report, he said, It's the finest suit in all the world, Mr. President. You'll surely be the best-dressed ruler in all of the free world. The president was very pleased by this, but he wanted to hear more. So the next day, he sent his vice president to check in on the tailors. The vice president peeked in and saw the two tailors busy at work, but couldn't see the magic fabric. Oh, no, she thought. I must be unfit for my job. The president must never find out. So when she returned to the president to give her report, she said, Mr. President, it's the finest suit I've ever seen. No one will be your equal in such an amazing outfit. The president was very pleased by this, but he wanted to hear more, so the next day he sent his general to check in on the tailors. The general peeked in and saw the two tailors busy at work, but couldn't see the magic fabric. 
Oh, no, he thought just like the two others. I must be unfit for my job. The president must never find out. So when he returned to the president to give his report, he said, Mr. President, I can say in the affirmative that this is the finest suit I've ever laid eyes on. The troops will be inspired by a leader in such a fine cut of cloth. The president was very pleased, and he was even more pleased the next day when the two tailors, or should we say swindlers, came to his office to tell him that the suit was complete. The president picked up the phone to his secretary and told him to get everyone into the presidential dining room to view the finest outfit ever worn. He then went into his dressing room where the tailors pretended to prepare the suit for his inspection. Of course, there was nothing there, but the tailors put on a great show of pretending. And here is the shirt said one, holding up his empty hands in the air as though there was a shirt between them. Marvelous, this is a huge achievement, said the president, but in his head he thought, Oh no, I must be unfit to be president. The people must never find out. So it went. The tailors would pretend to pull out and display a coat and pants and underwear and everything else, and the president would pretend that he could see a wonderful piece of clothing, but in reality, there was nothing there at all. Now, Mr. President, let us get you dressed. The president stripped down to the nude, and the swindlers pretended to pull on undies and pants and socks and shirt and jacket. They made a great show of buttoning up this and zippering up that and adjusting the collar, when in reality, they were only pretending, and the president was simply standing there naked as a baby. Finally, they stepped back. And uh, what do you think, Mr. President? The president looked in the mirror and only saw himself quite naked looking back. Again, he vowed that no one must know he wasn't fit for his office. This is a great suit. Isn't this a great suit in the material? It's so light. It's almost as though I'm wearing nothing at all. Just so, said one swindler, trying his hardest not to laugh. The material is light as a spider web, as fine as a fly's wings and so breathable that you'll feel the wind right through it. The rest of the staff has got to see this, said the president. He walked, quite nakedly, to the presidential dining room where all of the presidential staff was waiting. A few of them got very wide-eyed when the president strutted in, bare-bottomed and all, but no one wanted to be thought of as unfit for their job, so they all pretended to see the suit. What a fit! So fine, so handsome. A suit fit for a president, fit for an emperor even! After a few minutes of absorbing praise from his staff, the president felt so full of himself that he declared, We have the best suits, don't we folks? The best. And we love our tailors. Don't we love our tailors? The country's got to see this suit. He had his press secretary call a presidential parade, and he called the tailors to his office just before it was to begin. You two have made one heck of a great suit, and let me tell you, I know all about great suits. The best. You got to come ride in the parade with me. The two swindlers looked at each other carefully. They knew they had been lucky so far, but that sooner or later the president would realize he had been tricked. Uh, I'm sorry, Mr. President, said one, but really we must be on our way. Yes, Mr. President, said the other. You do us a great honor, but we have an appointment with the king of uh, New Fakeland, and so really we must be going. The president said he understood and sent them on their way, considerably richer. Then he went and got onto the giant decorated platform that was to be at the head of the parade. Do I look ready or what? The people are going to love this suit, and I mean love it. It's going to be huge, he said to the giant crowd of television reporters who were gathered around with their cameras rolling. 
The reporters and cameramen all looked at each other with worried faces, but like the assistant and the general and the vice president and the rest of the presidential staff, they didn't want anyone to think they were bad at their jobs. So they all smiled at the president and again told him how good he looked. And then the parade started. Millions of people lived in the Capitol and thousands and thousands of them came out for the presidential parade. They lined the streets on either side, whooping and hollering and cheering until the president rolled by, waving happily and strutting back and forth on his float, naked as the day he was born. Again, no one wanted to be thought of as unfit for their jobs, so they pretended to see the suit, but their cheers weren't quite as loud as before, and the whoops and hollers died away completely. On and on it went for miles and miles until one child looked at the naked president and scrunched up her little face. But mommy, she said, he doesn't have anything on. The president is naked. Those around her heard, and they realized that she had no job, so she couldn't be unfit, so she should be able to see the suit unless... One by one, like a wave moving through the crowd, the people realized they'd all been fooled. And as they realized and looked on at their silly president strutting his naked bum back and forth, they began to laugh and laugh. He doesn't have anything on, the whole country cried, shaking with laughter. It took a few minutes, but eventually even the president heard the yells. And quite suddenly he realized they were right. He had been fooled. He canceled the parade right there and then and ran back to hide in his offices, the laughter following him all the way. The president never much cared for suits or for tailors after that. And the country, well, next election, the people were careful to pick someone who cared more about keeping them safe and happy and less about his own ego. The End Today's story, The President's New Suit, was adapted by Daniel Hines and performed by me, Amanda Weldon. If you would like to support the show and receive a thank you in a future episode, please visit patreon.com slash stories to make a pledge. Then send an email to amanda at storiespodcast.com and tell us who we should thank. Thanks for listening!